and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blicking black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black and I'm black. Yo, I'm black and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blicking black, 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 y'all, and I'm <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to your blackest hour, your blackest hour on the net. I'm Mr. Brown. Damn, you ain't let me get none of that, huh? <laughs> My bad. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so giddy. You ain't let me get none of that intro. I thought, I'm oh, a bad, you want to do it again? Nah. <laughs> nah. Like, I can't. But you still got to introduce yourself. She. You ain't gonna introduce yourself. Shit. <laughs> I'm just KP. That, that's it. That's all I got for you. Because I ain't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't cool enough to get on any other intro or get on the, on the radio or none of that. So, I'm Tuesday, bro. And we're back. And we're black. How busy have you been this week, man? Uh, I think I think pretty darn busy. Like, yeah, I'm on my darn till I drink a couple more beers, and then those those pseudo words be going away oh so shortly. But I feel as if uh, it's the end of the school year. We have about nine more days left, eight more days left, seven more days. Let me let me. I'm projecting forward already. Uh, school year, and people just been, like, heaping stuff on me, like, oh, let's do this, this, and this, because somehow or another, I'm, like, the master DJ at my school now, like, I actually might have a calling as, like, a child DJ, and, like, I'm doing stuff for, like, and and only y'all can see how hard I just rolled my eyes, man, (laughs) come on. Hey, yo, I'm I'm not saying, like, I was hitting them up, like, kids was grooving, and it was like, yo, can you cut up some music for end of the year stuff, and I want to be, like, Really, I ain't the one that like cuts up music. I find people to cut music up for me, and now like I'm putting both of us on the hook. Like, hey man, can you do this, this, and this? And so like doing that, like that's the testing for kids. They gotta grow, um, man. And just gotta, gotta clean rooms and put grades grades in and comments. It's just been really, really uh, busy, and been trying to be a, a rock star at night. So. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot. Let's get let's get into that. <laughs> yeah, let's get into that. So so I'm adjusting to rock star life. Semi rock star life. We we had a my group, Jasper Maddox and the Beast, JMB, and the collective. We had a show last night. We were spotlight artists at the Bus Boys of Poets here in Washington D.C. And I uh, had a, a live painter, and she's like, yo. So she she chatted up and was like, yo, what's your name? And I was like, yo, they call me Brown. And she's like, so what's your first name? <laughs> why, why would you? You, you suck at these things. <laughs> I'm thinking like, yo, like they call me Brown. Let's just go with Brown. And we be all cool. But that's, that's not like, even, but that's not even like something that's like, Not downplay my rich brown skin, sir. Black is the color 
Oh, kings and queens. Uh, Brown is the color of the shit. Once again. But so, like, like, it's like, do I introduce my whole name, my first name, everything like that, when, you know, on here, I go by Mr. Brown. At my job, I go by Mr. Brown. My friends call me Mr. Brown. Even when I'm rapping, like, I have a rap name. And they still be like, eh, that's Brown. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, yo, Brown about to rip, rip the mic for you. Or whatever, da, da, da. So I'm like, it's so used to hearing that name. Even my father calls me Mr. Brown. Like, yeah. Isn't he like the original Mr. Brown? Like, <laughs> well, technically, how that power transfer comes? Technically, like, 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 even the fact that my dad calls me Brown, but he doesn't call my brother Brown. And I yell, hey, Mr. Brown. How you doing, Mr. Brown? Like, like that's just what, what we faulted me. Like, I'm the Mr. Brown of this nigga's generation. I think he was the Mr. Brown of his brothers and sisters, too. They called him Brown while they called his brothers and sisters by their first name. And he's not the oldest. So I think every generation, one person gets the, 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 the name of just Brown, and I'm that guy. So, like, I don't know how to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to introduce myself. I seldom hear my first name. On a regular basis, seldom. Like you must really think you know me to say my first you name. You're just gonna start calling you by your first name. It's not just like a contrarian like that. Like uh, you just, but, you just get called by your first name now. But 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 even with that, you'll probably call me D. You'll call me something different. And then there's every once again, someone wants to give me a nickname that I'm like, when we start doing that, like Brown. No, no, like Dev. Oh, I could. I call you. <laughs> like sell them. Like what we what we agreed on that one. <laughs> right, you just like not letting me be great. Like, 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 like all the policies. Like I really hate it when niggas call me Dev. You basically I hate you because you call me Dev. It's only one nickname I actually loathe, and and only one person called me that. Um, R.I.P. To, to to the great Kendall Pope. What do you oh, Debbie. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. Why'd you love that? I hated that. Because he used to be so annoying with it. Like, brothers. Can you, can you let my brother wrestle? Can you let my brother wrestle? He can't wrestle. Yo, that don't get annoying to you if you just kept thinking it over and over again. We're talking about somebody who is resting in peace. That's like me saying, like, oh, yeah, man, I really, I really didn't like what my brother Like, let him rest, man. I bet you looking out like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, rest in power. <laughs> like, I did that. Cried two tears in a bucket. <laughs> That's how he would feel about the situation. But yeah, yeah. So, like, we just trying to adjust to, like, rock star. Blackest moment is adjusting to rock star mentality. Blackest moment is that my father passed the mantle and I am the Mr. Brown. I am the Brown. And when you get it from your dad, you know it's, it's official. I am Mr. Brown. Well, since since we're gonna go in on, uh, so you just talking, you know, my brother brother passed away, <laughs> my father passed away. <laughs> well, you actually got kind of made there, Ron. <laughs> well, you actually you're doing well. <laughs> you're doing well for yourself, huh? You can't be now. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, I never was. No, that's the thing I never was. And you know, people call my people call my little brother KP, but they're like, "Oh, that's the original KP." And I'm like, "No, I'm not the original KP." Uh, I never, I never jumped on that mantle. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think the the weirdest thing was, I had a teacher in seventh grade. So my mom used to always be like, 
don't let don't let anybody short your name. And so I had a teacher in seventh grade that tried to like shorten my name and call me Ken. Nah. And I was like, it, I was like, it's Kendrick. <laughs> and she was like, okay, Ken. Oh, and no, then, I gotta kick you in the shin. No, no, because no, this is a beautiful black woman. English teacher, like all my English teachers, basically from sixth grade all the way to through high school were black women. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and you know whose mom that was? Christy Jones' mom. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Christy Jones. Like, mom could have told me anything, right? You want, right? Um, so yeah, if y'all don't know context, I had this huge crush on Christy Jones when I was in high school, and like really never told it. Like, no, we had like. Girlfriends and everything. Like, I had a girlfriend, you know, boyfriend and everything. I just never, I think I didn't tell her explicitly until I wrote in her senior book. And because it was like the last time I was going to be able to pen. Because we had text messages. Yeah, I know. You know. Like, I had to go all in. Oh. I either had to say it or write it yeah. on loosely paper. So, 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 so it kind of made me think, think back, like, like how we. An event like prom was was like yeah, that. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Like, oh snap! I got an old. I'm gonna come up. I was like, I'm planning all year for this one. Who do you take? Who do you have? How you taking? Who you gonna take? That's why I can't even fault. They was getting on them kids in Philadelphia. Came through with a Lambo and a camel. I was like, black people doing big things. Where go? I think the I think the key with prom day getting it is like you have a date that you know you could take, but then you wait around for like when one of the dudes. Messed up, like, and you can uh, get Hives. What's good, man? 
had to I take her know. home. And like 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 the prom date was so dope. She bought the she she bought the limo. She had bought a hotel room. All that hides, my nigga. What hides? Was she just saying that? No, I saw it. Hides because you're damn near naked. Hides. Allergic to what? I don't know what brought on the hives. The foot from your body? <laughs> the cotton, the fiber, cotton fibers on your type? That, the, 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 cheap, the cheap cologne you were trying to ride. It might have been the shrimp that we tried to eat choppy fancy. It was wearing high. Brute. Brute. Oh, God. I'm starting to get lightheaded. I had no fast in the room. I'm getting lightheaded around around here, man. Oh boy, boy, boy. See, but, I had that Jacar Noir on. And she broke out and high. Good God, man. You have one job, sir. One job. Make boy. it to the hotel room. <laughs> It's like a journey quest. It's like advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. And you was already on. We know we had a. I know I had a. Uh, had a uh, curfew, curfew on that prom night, and so we was already like, like setting it up. Like, how big of an L do we really want to take? Like, because we were prepared to take that L that night. Like, oh man, we got carried away. We was on the beach, and I lost track of time. And just before cell phone. Oh my God! But see, before cell phones sent your parents into such a, a different type of tizzy, because there was actually no way they could get in contact. So they needed you to be right. So it's like you just you to be home. just out in, out in the wind. But like cell phones now, at least you know what I'm saying. People don't have to be like out in the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that like that was the beauty. It's like, oh yeah, they got a after prom party. Like I went to another prom. And then we gonna get off this topic. Just talk about reminiscing on the daily. Like, I got invited to another high school prom, and I was like, okay, bet, da, 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 I'm going to prom, we, we hanging out, and unbeknownst to me, she had bought a hotel room, too, and how she split it with her parents, all my secrets coming out, people were going to be like, I know you went to prom, wait, wait a minute, uh, how she split it, she had bought the after prom party tickets, where they kind of locked the kids in, the high school mm-hmm. sponsored it, they got to keep everybody safe at the local, like, little theme park, the like, park. no. She had the tickets to prove that's proof that she was there, mm-hmm. and we never went. We went to the hotel. And you did make it to the hotel. Yeah, with a different, with a different prom, okay. with a different prom date, and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, and this one didn't catch on. That <laughs> you lost. <laughs> you are dancing. We're not live on Facebook. They can't see it, but you can just nod over here. You can just nod over here, and that was the that was the time. Man. That was the time. Just blue fights really hard because you probably been protecting her. You probably been protecting her reputation for all these years. And yes, it was, folks. Folks, we have confirmation. We have confirmation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we let the bomb master, we let the bombs do everything that we need to do. We're dropping bombs right here on your black and mm-hmm. Pinpoint at the moment. <laughs> oh, my God. 
need exposure when people lose that knee Oh, do we? <laughs> do we really? <laughs> so I just jump into my bracket moment because you don't want to talk about it anymore. You're sweating over here, uncomfortable. Hey, we like once a month we just gotta go back live just to get back on live and 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 get get the people sometimes what they want. But my my bracket my bracket moment. You know, I took I took the I took my latest pilgrimage to what we call the Mecca, <laughs> the museum, National Museum of African American History and Culture. Uh, it was a really interesting experience this time because I took a group of uh, interns that, that I'm running an internship program for the summer, and I took a group, I took my group of interns to the museum, and I think it was kind of was kind of telling, like when you have uh, non-black folks still people of color, like, mm-hmm. go to the museum, but I didn't feel like they connect. Like, I, I go in the museum, and I feel everything in there. Yeah. I feel it deeply. I, I, like, it's profoundly. Like, it's profound. I feel it personally. And I didn't feel like a lot of my interns did that because I was expecting that. I, actually, I thought they was going to walk in and be like, wow, like, I, I understand black people more. But they really approached it like a museum. I just see this like do 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 and um it, it it bothered me a little but it didn't bother me but I was like I can't expect people to care about our like people never cared about our journey yeah so I can't really expect it like it, it's unfair for me to like like be judging them after that like like I was like yeah I don't like like y'all should understand this like most of the, most of my interns are uh, are um. Latina, Latinx, Latino, however you want to yeah. um, classify it. But I just felt like they would connect more to it than what they really did. But then that just goes to show me the, the duality of how, like, a lot of times um, people in the Latinx community just don't connect with the struggle or the movement for Black lives um, because they can sometimes, like, cross the lines and operate in both worlds. Yeah. They can they can they can use all of the privileges they can use all of the affirmative action of a person of color and then you sometimes use all the privilege of white people. So I just think it's a real interesting it's like a real interesting conundrum because like I was like profoundly moved and they were just like, Yeah, you know, this is a great museum, but you know, like Yeah, and I I guess it would be the same same reason I equated to like I've been to the Holocaust Museum several mm-hmm. times and I'm I'm not profoundly moved like I recognize the horror which it is but then again my blackness comes in like yo we got horror for forty years for hundred years yeah we we got horror but then, then they gonna go back like, to Egypt you know they gonna go back to Egypt for man but then that that's just, that's just more black that's black people. <laughs> You know, no, Are you going back right. to Egypt? You still talking about black people? No, no, I'm saying they. No, right, no, 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 Oh, I don't know. I ain't, I ain't checked the time frame. I, I, it, it, it was a lot of generations. I know it was a lot of generations because they came in with Joseph. And then next thing I know, 
They were slaves. I'm like, what the hell happened? No, nah, it's like Joseph to like Moses, like one generation. It's not one generation between Joseph to Moses. Come on, man. We've been in Sunday school together long enough. How many together. generations is it then from Joseph to Moses? We'll ask, we'll ask Dr. Peyton. <laughs> He'll be able to tell us. Mm-hmm. Like, who is this? Who, like, uh. Mm, 350 years. I mean, they, they, that's conveniently crafted in place there. They, they can take their 350 plus a 40 and try to say, no, nah, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. You know, whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, dude, dude. Hey, I see the that. I see the that. 350. Shit. Boy, your head bad, boy. Your I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna get fired from all my jobs right now. Your head back. All right, your black woman. I know you ain't finished. You was over there. So, so, yeah. so this, I went on a Saturday, and Saturday was just like insanely packed. I never would recommend if you're trying to like take it all in. I never would recommend a Saturday. That's like a Tuesday early. And then yeah, like yeah, like a Monday or Tuesday early, and, and not and not in the summer. <laughs> so it's a Saturday. And, and it's twelve thirty. So it's not even an early Saturday. So it's it's crowded in there. So I'm enjoying my, you know, I'm I'm going in, you know, I got a couple favorite floors I like to go and look at and I, you know, I always pay my respects to Reese Taylor and her her story about, you know, they offered her like six hundred dollars after she got raised. So I always go and I read that and that article just blows me away every time it gives me context of how savage and and, yeah. and brutal white people can be sometimes. And uh, this white woman is in here complaining about, oh, there's just so many people in here. Like, why is it so crowded? So I just looked at it, I was like, you can leave. <laughs> like, this ain't, this ain't for you anyway. <laughs> like, for you to be in here complaining, like, that, that blew me away. Like, as a white person, you go to the National Museum of African American History and Culture, you shut up. You take it in. And you listen. And you, you take it in. Take it in, Bill. Right. And you 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 out here complaining about how packed it is. I well, I could, yeah, like like clearly, like I had to say, I couldn't even control myself. I was like, you can leave. Like like you gotta you gotta listen. There's enough people who haven't been around who don't know. This here museum is uh it's hard as hell to get tickets to. Like you can actually stand outside very, very early in the morning and hope for the best. Uh, because you can't get the tickets online anymore. And, oh, but other museums don't need tickets. Yeah, because they're not as crowded. Also with the museum, most museums, people stay two hours and they leave. This particular museum, people stay six hours on average. Six hours, like it's an all-day thing. So the people in the morning, by the time you come in the afternoon, are still there. Uh, are still there. Yeah, I never want to leave. And, and, and just enjoy what's going on. And speaking of the museum, they, we recently found a noose in the African-American Museum. And frankly, personally, I would have left that news right the hell where it was. And like, this is why we need this museum because of tomfoolery and for the culture. What's going on? Like, this is actually the third news they found in DC. And who the hell is making nooses? We're not making news. Where do you buy a rope from? And so, and so many questions I have. Which makes me really think that this was like an inside job by somebody that works at the museum. Because it's like, if the staff is not 100% black. Mm-hmm. 
But what if a black person? I had a discussion. I had a discussion with one of our aunts about this. It's and I don't want that. It's like, 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 her biggest fear is that a black person didn't do it to try to like boost the, or heighten the the, the necessity. Like the necessity of the museum has already been established and proven, and all that other good stuff. So. You know, her her whole thing was like, I hope that it wasn't no black person there just trying to do something uh, to bring some more notoriety or bring some attention to the to the museum, which it doesn't need any attention. Like, I, I don't get up at six thirty tomorrow because the passage of September go on or yeah. released at six thirty tomorrow. And I'm gonna try to see if I can get like a couple of these dates in September. But, but but I don't even know because that news is left in the museum, but they also left a news in Southeast DC. And I don't know if y'all know anything about Southeast D.C. out there, everybody. Like, ain't no place you might want to just be just going around with a new Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing. Like, <laughs> that's got to be under the cover. Darkness like a mug. Like, you. <laughs> like, like, I'm literally, I'm listening to NPR, and it was like, yeah, they found a new, and they was like re- renovating a house. And they found a doorway. And the person who actually owns the house, renovating the house, he's from Bangladesh. He saw it. He, he didn't think no mind of it. He didn't know what the hell that was. And it's Shame black, on you, Bangladesh. And, 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 and But his black workers came like, no, 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 no. Yeah, there's like people hitting the game. He's like, oh, my God. Like, like, like you know how things kind of come to heart. Like, I'm pretty sure they all heard that black people got a raw deal in America. And you probably think about slavery. But I don't know if foreigners, Southeast Asians, Think about oh yeah, it was a period of time where they were hanging black people for fun, right? And, and like and and taking and, pictures and, and to celebrate, like, celebrating, like, like, like it was like a, a, a tourist attraction. Yeah, like let's go take a picture about a dead nigga hanging from the tree. Have a picnic because we picked the nigga, right. put him on the tree, and then we ate food, brought the kids out, and and let them learn. And like like this this public uh, display of terrorism. That one gets rid of whatever you want, and it keeps other people in their place. Like all the lynching that, that happened to African Americans. But I don't, don't know if you, as a Latino, if you, because I, because I, I, I don't know. Right, and that goes back right to what I was saying. Like I don't think that they connect. I don't think they connect with it. Like I don't think they connect with it. Because like, I, I gotta, like I gotta take a step back. Play devil's advocate. Like I don't know all the deep history of all these other countries. And don't know if they were just hanging people based upon their race in other countries, how, how they were going. Like, I, I know they do persecution of people based on religion because they have right. they so Christians. The, they've had uh, the, the killing of Jews and gypsies and stuff like so that. The, but were they hanging them by their neck and leaving them like that? I don't know. So, from, from just the aspect of slavery, like the yeah. closest thing I can compare um, African American slavery is like the migrant worker phenomenon that happened with with uh, Mexicans and they were like going up to like these farms in Minnesota and stuff to like pick grapes and oranges and and all kind of stuff and they live like in these like slave quarters and whole families and like I was reading you know it's really 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 cool like I was reading one of the stories that uh one of my interns uh her family is a family family of migrant workers and I like she's you know first generation college student uh, we all went to like sister and brother, and she was talking about this story like when she was a kid of her like having to pick grapes and raisins until like her whole body hurt. She was like five years old. 
Yeah, and I was like, wow, oh, that means you was old enough for the field. And so, like, in my mind, so out of all the people that I was there to be in with, like, she connected with, like, lower floors Yeah, as we moved up. Like, like she kind of understood, like, hey, I kind of have an idea how this, like, how this works. Because my family kind of did the same thing for, like, the, like, basically for, like, the same amount of money. Yeah. Housing and nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was, that was the only, I was, like, full disclosure, that was the only saving grace that, like, I felt like, okay, at least she can. You can identify with my blackness. And I think that's, that's, I think that's the thing about being African-American, black, whatever you want to call it, is trying to have people identify with your blackness because our particular history is unique. I felt Africans can't fully relate to what happened to us that got caught up in the diaspora, you know? And even other ones in the diaspora, like like the, the Caribbean struggle ain't necessarily the American struggle. The the South American struggle wasn't necessarily the American struggle. Uh, even the black people in Central America. Like, all these things, it's kind of like, it, it, the, the, the things that we had to do and that we did to, to become this unique culture that now is basically... The thing, the backbone, which makes American culture American, which I've been saying for years, like when you truly think about things that are truly American, we're generally the backbone behind it. Rock and roll, us, jazz, us, many of the foods that you eat, us, you know, like like sports, we may not have been them, but we made them better. You know what I'm saying? Like like the, I, I just find it hard for other people to relate to me as a black person because of what happened to make me a black person. You, 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 you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm following you. I'm in complete agreement right now. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't say any other. I, I just wish. I don't know, the, the story of the story of black people is just so unique in this in this country. I it, it's a story that needs to be told and needs to be kind of um, broadcast or or embedded into like embedded into the fabric of, of history, and it's not. And and that's and that's a challenge. And the museum does a great job of trying to embed that, but where the museum fails. It's a it's a overwhelm. It's like overkill. Yeah. Well, like like I'm five times in, and I still don't feel like I've seen everything. You never will. Like original goal before uh, that museum was even created was like every summer my goal was essentially hey museums are free in DC, and then some. These are some of the best museums in the country. Like they got art museums that I've been to that have like. Amazing works of art I haven't been to. And I was like, let me go and just roam the museums. And I'll go to like the National History Museum. And I'm still like, I need to go back. I ain't finished this. And then I'm like, damn, now you done added an African American Museum. Well, I really care about, but it's packed. So I'll probably go to the National History and the American History Museum. Those are my favorites. I go into the space. And I've been to their space museum. I don't and like I'm just not a science mind. I end up buying a ticket to uh, the IMAX joint. Yeah, with uh, uh, what's that guy with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson narrating, man. 
I take the kids there. We we go down to Fisher every year. So I've been since I moved to DC. I've been there probably like eleven times, and I've seen that movie so many times. Like I'm like, oh, oh kids, you want to watch the movie? Sleepy time for Mr. Brown. <laughs> and I'll be knocked out. And they're like, oh, time to wake up. I mean, what's always sleeping? Like, five the kids would fall asleep on me, too. I'm like, I woke up, we was all asleep together. I'm like that. <laughs> and they was like, pray the kids, like, oh, you tired, too? He's <laughs> like, this is a good sleep. I'm like, y'all kids be wilding. Y'all funny, funny, funny children, man. And I appreciate it. But, hey, I get the history. I'm not going to that museum ever again, though. So let's just jump into it. Let's jump into it. Like, cause something's been kind of, ever since you put it on my mind, because you're like, you're like, hey, I want to talk about, you know, like, you know, Trump fucking up and all that other stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, we could, we could talk about it. He was like, yeah, we got out of the Paris Accords and the Paris Agreement. And I kind of was just like, uh, okay. Like, like, all, like all, all the Negroes getting shot around here. <laughs> and black people were out here running around the Paris Agreement because, like, you know, we want the plan to be safe for our kids. But, like, not only do we have to, like, have to make sure that the, the envi- environment means so much more to yeah. black people. Like, yeah. like, I ain't talking about sun, water, and I'm talking about the environment of them, like, getting shot by police and, uh, yeah. and having to deal with uh, systematic institutional structural racism, regular racism, like re- double reverse racism and, and every other injustice that, that you can name, man. And, and we talking about, I feel like Alan Anderson, and we talking about the environment? The environment. Climate change. Climate change. Climate change. <laughs> well, they got Negroes dying in these streets. A heat stroke, money. <laughs> and we talking about climate change. We talking about Paris Accords. Paris Accords. So I think, I think, uh, one, I think the big question you're bringing up, do Negroes really care? Because we are, uh, you do probably see a lot more Negroes on your timeline, make a, a hullabaloo. And when you was like, homie, you don't even do recycling. You, you don't want no kind of, you ain't recycling, reducing, reusing, and getting rid of the loot. You're not doing any of those things. But I think now has come the time where we recognize all the environmental racism that's been occurring in this country. Environmental racism. Oh, you never heard of the term? No, okay. environmental ra- wait, environmental racism as in blame. Oh, all right. So the the biggest example of environmental racism is the Flint water crisis. Okay, that's not that's that's terrorism. That's not racism. No, no. That's genocide. That's yeah, killing but, a group. But still, that's killing a group of people by poisoning their water. Yeah, that still, is genocide. Yeah, but it's still racism. And I I got hip to the term in grad school. I, I did the same thing, Scott. What is this? What is this new shit? Like, like of all the way to be racist, you racist with the environment, and then you start doing the research and realize where all the the neighborhoods were. Well, the first environmental racism is when they built the highway system, the interstate system. A lot of places where they put the overpasses and the bridges and all that were over black neighborhoods. Smashed them, put them bits. Eminent domain, I can take your shit. People don't realize that. You own your house. If the government really wants your house to put a road there, they will take your house. Yeah, They'll yeah. try to pay you a little bit. And so, laugh, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of eminent domain was some of that first environment racism where they took your shit. That's and, not and just, what, that's not but, just but, white supremacy. Like we call it an environment racism. They, 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 they really targeted black neighborhoods because they knew they wasn't going to give as much hubbub. And then they started locating and they'll either be black, it'll be black and brown, and other things. 
and they'll note that these neighborhoods are located near old nuclear dumps, old trash dumps, old trash sites, uh, other places where you wouldn't want to have people live. And then it was like it came case after case, black neighborhood after black neighborhood, brown neighborhood after brown neighborhood is located by places that are deemed unsafe for people. And I was like, holy shit, I, I just thought it was X, Y, and Z, but then you redline these people, make them all live in the same place, and now you wonder why everybody got this same kind of weird medical condition that you're like, oh, no, nah, yeah, y'all be eating more sugar. That's why y'all happen like that. No, 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 no. It's because y'all put shit close to our aquifers, and now we drinking tainted water, but the tainted water ain't on the other side of them tracks. Uh, we we breathe in a different kind of air, so we're getting a different kind of cancer. And say, nah, but y'all smoke, you know, you're doing X, Y, and Z. It's like, nah. So environmental racism is, is real. And so I say all that, that we should clear, clear, care about our environment and make changes. I think we're shifting our thing. But I think we care, but we don't act upon our Well, see, here's, a, here's, a, here's my problem with, with this. The same people out here capping for the Paris Agreement and capping for Flint. Ain't capping for these interstates not being built. How do you know? Ain't capping for these because, because I'm, I'm, I'm about to treat you like like they used to like like how they did Kaepernick and it's like Kaepernick ain't doing this, Kaepernick ain't doing that. Like nigga, you don't know because you ain't with Kaepernick all twenty four seven. How many on I'm your time? How many on? How many on your timeline? Like like the the Flint stuff, little hubbub, and then that was it. But you know, I got people from Flint. Like my, my, my best friends from Flint. Right, I, I get that. Works with the council. And I get that. that. I get that. Right. Get on your job, B. <laughs> Man. Man, I ain't gonna say his name out there. <laughs> I ain't gonna be out here saying his name out there, but but damn, get on your job, dude. Like people dying. Yeah. Very, so very. so so that's not to me. That's like like people about to go all in for this Paris Agreement and like. Flint is a hashtag. Yeah, and, and I think the second the second thing. Well, and then I read. Oh, then I read. Oh, okay. So then I read like like Bloomberg is like not not Michael Michael not the mayor but Bloomberg was like oh we'll put up the money to make sure uh, the Paris agreements are are funded and like I'm reading tech companies saying we're gonna put up money to make sure Paris agreements are funding they still don't. <laughs> Have clean water. water in Flint, and it's been over a year. They just handed out a contract to actually start some cleanup. So I say it like this: Shout out to the black firm that got it too. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying you don't necessarily. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think you can care about both. And I, like I said, I don't know all I'm the behind, behind the scenes action about it, but I think you can care about both. And so but both I, of them need to be addressed because in 20 years, we going to wish that we did a lot right. more I think that, to, to take care of the environment. Because when some, like I've watched enough of these goddamn movies they've been making lately that, that the scenarios don't bode well if them pull ice caps start the melting and it's going to shift everything around. I, I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I just think that, I just think I look at the politicians in black neighborhoods 
like they get a lot of their money from like anti-environmental lobbyists and stuff like that because because black people really don't be on that like like it took a flint water crisis and we don't really want to call that environment that's bad infrastructure so that's not like an environmental issue that's like moldy pipes moldy like, 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 not environmental genocide, terrorism, or any of the other things. To me, that is just bad infrastructure, bad leadership. And I'm waiting on your best friend to run for some kind of office so you can change that. You can be a part of the change that he wants to see I in the world. I think he's trying. He's trying. And like I said, it's, it's so many different things. Like, I'm learning. Like, I care. I care about the environment, uh, mainly, mainly because it's so damn obvious. Now, like the every year is hotter than the last year before. There was no winter this year. Like legit, I'm looking out I'm like, but the summer hasn't been hot either though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't the summer hasn't started yet. Technically this is still spring. Summer yeah, started till June uh twenty first, twenty first and some whatever. And but I'm like, yo, there was no real winter. Like, this year's one of the, like, 60, 60, 70 degrees right. in D.C. Like, the same. we ain't in South Carolina. We ain't in Louisiana. My sweater game was popping. <laughs> I was like, yo. Like, and I, I'm like, plants are kind of used to things going in cycles. Animals are used to things going in cycles. And they was all effed up in the game. They didn't know what to do. I know I was like, the, the, the bugs came out early. I was like, yo, these mosquitoes are going to be tough this year. And the mosquitoes become tough this year. You know what mosquitoes do? Spread disease. Zika's still out there, baby. Zika's still, still, still out there. there. Come on, we can get rid of that. That's still there. Ebola's still out there. All the damn diseases still out there. That bird flu, all that. We can get rid of none of that. Another thing. That's another thing. Now we gotta say the environment too. So 
<laughs> add the list of things that we got to fix. Racism, <laughs> the environment, economics, econo- economics, <laughs> education, <laughs> public health, federal government, like everything. <laughs> now they don't want black people fixing the federal government because we were making too much right. Like we tried to make yeah, it right. Yeah, I think, and I'm going to get off my, my Trump, Trump shit. I think his main goal, and I think I read the article, and I was like, damn, that headline, I didn't read the article, but that headline is kind of like everything I feel. That Trump is basically doing anything Obama did, I want to erase him from the history books. Anything that he agreed with, I want to do the opposite But that, that, that's not erasing someone in the no, history books, no, because you're going to have, like the way history is recorded, you're going to have a clear distinction Yeah, yeah, yeah. at I'm, that point in time in history. But, but, but I'm saying that seems like his main agenda is just not do what Obama did and get out of all the things that Obama did. And I'm like, some of the stuff is to the detriment of your own self. But well, they, they always they don't care. Be, but white, white people always been about self-preservation and the most singular function of self-preservation. Dumbest shit ever. Like, the most singular function of self-preservation is white people. Like, me. It's the, it's the dumbest That's it. things I've ever witnessed. And the, the to witness on a regular basis that aptitude and uh, just he's a bad human. And I, I like I, I try to compare it. I try to compare all the presidents in my lifetime. Um, where you know Reagan tried to put on a happy face, try to keep things positive, keep people upbeat. He's terrible black people, but he tried to keep upbeat for America as a whole. Uh, then we had George uh, W. I think he you know trying to do it, coming off presidential, you no. Know, but, you know, he can't raise taxes for people that care about. Clinton did his Clinton thing. And he, he knew how to, like, talk to the people and get him bought in. Mm-hmm. Uh, w, I thought he was a pretty bad president. I didn't respect him. I, think he was a, I didn't think he was intelligent, but I always felt like he was trying to do the best thing he thought for the country. Obama, that's my dude, greatest president of my lifetime. And now look at this fool that's in the House, White House now. And I'm saying fool the way that uh, mama would smack you in the face if you said fool back in the day. But I'm looking, and I'm like, this guy literally is not doing anything for the best interests of the country. He's doing what he thinks will rile up a very small, minute group of people that continue to support him. And I'm like, bitch, that ain't the country. That is not the country. You got a whole fucking country. To take care of it. I'm sorry for, for cursing, but that's how it makes me feel my, in the inside. My, my, my take on all right, so I, if I give my take on her, on Reagan, I'll probably lose, I'll lose a lot of friends. Uh, but, in the, but in the 80s, like what Reagan did execute was like making sure poor people were poor and then like creating this, this division between poor people. And middle class, but he pushed a lot of black people into that middle class too. Now, now there was a lot of you know there was crack cocaine, there was drugs, and he made poor poor, but he did push a lot of black people into that because our parents were instructed in the eighties. My my dad was a supervisor for Zena, and my mom worked on post office. We had a three story house. Yeah. Two stories in a basement in an attic in a in a suburb of Chicago. I was scared of your basement. I was terrified of your basement. 
You, you went to the house in Chicago? Yeah, oh, I was real small. That's even more reason why I was terrified. Hey, hey look. Had all, had all the toys. <laughs> so in that period while we were talking about, I was talking about Reagan, my parents were very much, and, and my parents did high school diploma. Yeah. Hey, look. I didn't say Reagan didn't do right by a lot of people. But, and that's, that's the thing. Yeah, I, think yeah. he made, I think he made poor people really poor. Yeah. Like if you was poor, like when you was poor, if you was poor, yeah, exactly. right, you started screwed. Yeah, all you all the way. You, you was poor, and then I feel like so as we transitioned into like like Bush and then Clinton, you know, I think they kind you kind of rode that wave of prosperity, and then like like I became an adult when uh, uh, George W. Yeah, when when W. was president, and I didn't feel like the economic effects. Uh, I felt like I was like my parents' age when they was like like around the like when they was doing Reagan. I felt like I was around my parents' age when I was doing Bush, and financially that was not a bad time for me. Man, I, I even got one of those stimulus refunds <laughs> that he was giving out there. Uh, I think everybody got one of those. If he was working, right? Yeah, I, if he was working, man. But I, I, but I felt like that was dope. But, but I say the thing is like. I, Reagan is Reagan. Like, I read all the historical figures and everything like that. Reagan is in the top 10 greatest presidents of all time, according to the historian. I mean, I, I dispute that. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, according to the historians, they put Reagan in the top 10. Obama's in the top, is, is number uh, 12 in the history. I'm like, damn, man, you came out the gate. Like, you, like, you know they ain't going to put you in the top 10 because all the way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a lot of people. You got Harry Truman and FDR. All right, we can get yeah, 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 you can't, you can't, like, like, you, that, that, look, that's a lot. Cause he gave everybody mortgages. He released, he reduced so much regulation, anybody can get a mortgage under the bush here. Well, a little bit. Right. And then, and then it all blew up. <laughs> but right. anybody yeah. can get okay. a Okay, you could get a house, but you're going to get a job. Right. Yeah. Right. Look, you, 480 credit score, house. <laughs> you got it. What you need? 200? A just Ray mortgage. <laughs> do it, do what it, do. I got you, I got you, I got you. Everything like that. But but we're talking about we're talking about government and uh, if y'all and former FBI director James Comey is set to testify or give his sworn testimony and originally I thought you know like people were gonna die <laughs> specifically and particularly him <laughs> but, 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 Comey. But, but former FBI director, FBI director he ain't gonna just wind up dead that's too high well, profile. No, but but here's the thing. Alright, so like them underlings, where they be just magically disappearing? Right. See the the to me the cornerstone of white supremacy is this idea of America as a democracy. And like what Comey had the ability to do was throw a monkey wrench into this whole thing that we this this system, this this tried and true system of democracy that that we 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 say that, that America's built on. Yeah. But that's how 
like that that idea of this democracy is how they keep poor white people and middle class white people from voting their interests, right? Yeah. Like this idea of this kind of cornerstone democracy. And if he blew that junk up through his testimony, then then it's all then the the world the world is in shambles. The stock market crashes. Like we have we have the singular event that I always be like, gotta blow that shit up, man. Got to. But but he won't do it. I just read an article that said he'll stop short of saying Donald Trump obstructed justice. So that means he gets to live. Wow. Why we let this dude get this much power? And like, but I I do want to say one thing. Like, he, I got to look back at my 48 laws of power, but uh, I think he's playing the game in some aspects. I can share with you. Uh, Right. I I, I own it. I own it. On digital. I got it digital. But, but like, 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 like he does what he wants to do. I, I'm like I'm looking at this dude play the game. Like I've, I've experienced. Let me say, I'm the president of my life, and this is the first president that literally and blatantly does whatever the hell he wants, I, wants to when, do. When does rich people like? All right, with rich white people, when are they telling no? Yeah, but I'm look saying, at that man. Hey, look, look, he's doing it in a way is I, I I never I've never seen before. I'm saying, like, like I don't. You know, haven't. You must have been around rich white people. Not, not enough. But uh, not, rich not, white people. Not in a assholeish way. That rich white people it. don't be. They don't like being told no. Nobody like they're they're they're, they're 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 kids when it comes to like they pout, temper yeah. tantrums. Like I I nothing that he's doing is surprising me. Yeah. I mean, I the surprise is that white people. Other white people ain't be like nah. Like no. even like uh, I'm connected nose to be exactly, exactly. <laughs> like like white. That's the thing. Like white people just don't 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 care. And, and I just think about all the liberal white people who continue to like check black people about the president's status. Like like we should be doing more. And I'm just like, in the words of the great J. Cole, get off my. <laughs> but but that, it's just like it, it's even bigger than it's like wait what like we had no hand in electing this president nah like zero like women like men most people call it nah but it's like you like I I literally had a white person tell me that people of color aren't doing enough to resist Donald Trump Nigga, I was like I've been resisting for four hundred years I was like was you not there on November seventh. <laughs> like what? What more of a resounding "we resist Donald Trump" did you need when ninety percent of us did not vote for him? Like, like what? What more of a resounding resist? Like that was a that was a that was a documented moment of resistance. And I, I think I think white people have just gotten very cool with the idea of protesting and marching and like I've never seen like when black people march in the civil rights movement, it meant something. When white people march now, it's just like the hipster thing to do. I know. And so it devalues everything that happens. So none of the marches, like none of the marches I can take seriously anymore. Like they have a march this weekend. Uh, for equality. And during during Pride Week. Um, oh, well, you know, shout out to Pride. Yeah, but, that's, a, that's a different kind of No, 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 no. It's not a different kind of animal because it's like stop marching. Start doing. It's going to be like interesting. It seems that at this rate, 
I don't know on the on the Trump, but at this rate, the gay community is gonna get full equality of their rights before black people see full equality of their rights. And I was like, are y'all gonna then start acting like the majority and stuff like that? And, okay, so here's a here's one thing. Just real quick, back to my point alone. Like I almost feel like white people are culturally appropriating marches. <laughs> Is how like, to do. Like not like like it's like it, they are Molly Cyrusing, Taylor Swifting, and whoever else marching. Yeah. Like I, I can't I can't get past that feeling on the inside. Like like that level of cultural appropriation. To to your point, no, I don't ever think that it will get to that point. You know why? Because we have evangelical Christians <laughs> who would never allow that. And we have homophobic people that will never allow us. Man, I, we I have don't know. H- have HB one. So, so, so I, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the gay community, and I know there's still very much discrimination on people being gay. So surprised you're not in the gay. We're surprised. Like, like, oh my god, you have, you have to make a statement that you're not in the gay community. No, <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> sure right. enough. Uh, but this I, dude here. But I think, I think to myself. I was like, okay, like most states, not most states, but a lot of states come to the point of marriage equality. Like you should be able to see who you want to love. You had the benefits of marriage just like a uh, heterosexual couple. Like you dig that, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then I'm, I'm looking like, like it's hard to change people's hearts. Uh, so uh, like black gay people already know that. You ain't gonna never force people to be comfortable with you. Right. Like, like that. That shit guy had a real. That guy's poem had a real profound effect on you. Uh, no, nah, but for uh, context. For context. There was a. There was a. Uh, we was at the open mic night where where uh, where his group J and B performed, and they had a poet that came up before. It was a black gay male. He gave a poem, and it was kind of. I don't, I don't remember his name or anything like that, but it was kind of like it was kind of like on point. Got snaps and and like <laughs> like now, Mr. Brown. Who's not a part of the gay community? You know what I'm saying? But that is, but that is like understood. I feel like it changed your thoughts on it being outside of the gay community because you're not a part of the gay community. You ain't gonna let us die. No, because I, I am not a part of the Jewish community. Let me make this down right now. I felt like that was kind of weird that you would just say that. Like I am like, why would you bother? Why would you feel the need to volunteer that? Go ahead and make your point. I'm sorry. I took you all out. You can't probably even remember what you were talking about. Process everything like that. But it's like like where where do you where do we go from here? Like where's the next step that we go? And I know like the biggest step now has been a lot of with transgender issues, but after that, what what's the next step? After that, like, cause it's hard to change the heart of the people. Right, and like, I, like so after a while, it's like you got all, but, all but the But that's why I whatever. just think that we would just have a reaffirmation of this white supremacy system. Like, like you're not, we're not smashing the patriarchy right now, and we're not, we're not toppling white supremacy. We're actually embracing it at a level that, that we've never embraced that before because no one has to be secretive in their in their racism right now. It's cool, like, you know, hey, like you can be racist and support the president, and the president doesn't be like, yo, don't give me my name in that book, because he loved that. He loved that. Like, Nazis, neo-Nazis. But he doesn't ever okay. say, don't use my name in that book. He just says nothing. He says nothing, and it sounds just the same. Because he just 
because he just made a statement and uh, uh, R.I.P. to the to those uh, white allies who lost their yeah, that one yeah, that yeah, lost their life in Portland. And two of them lost their lives. I, I thought the other dude survived. Three of them got stabbed. Okay. Two died. One survived. Which 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 was really just to jump on that topic real quick. So in Portland at the memorial for him, like they put a hashtag All Lives Matter. He tweeted out from the, the hospital room was like, this ain't the shit I got stabbed for. Like black lives matter. <laughs> and y'all are like, like y'all fucking up my home getting stabbed yeah. by doing this all lives matter bullshit. He said, Do I need to come down here and change the the, the all lives matter, the black lives matter myself? Like after I got out of this hospital? <laughs> like they need to roll me down and I was like, Whoa. Now if all white allies were like we're woke. like woke. But like a lot of people get woke and I think that's like so indicative of the character of this man. It's like he'll condemn terrorism in another country, but it doesn't condemn the terrorism that's happening in our own backyard. So many terrorist acts have happened in our country under your watch, and you say nothing, sir. But it's you like say, you say nothing. You're talking about white people being woke. My challenge, my struggle is why don't white people wake up other white people? They don't want to. They don't want to be woke. Because here's the they thing. They don't want to be woke. Because here's the thing. Even a woke white person still benefits from privilege and can have a level of comfort in that. Kids get out. Like there's no there's no there's no uncomfortability in being white. It's nothing uncomfortable with being white, right? No. So so I just I feel like that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting thought because it's like you talking about like, oh man, white woke people and I just think to myself like, wow. Black people wake up other black people. Do we? I think we do. I think we do shows like this. That, well, I think that that way that that embraces uh that embraces a diaspora and a range of blackness, right? This this but under the context that the blackness is under attack. I think this is my thoughts. Places that we got woke, uh, and I don't know how woke these, these young kids about to be. Places that woke me that woke me up. I think they're the woke. Wait, 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 wait. Well, I'm gonna go with this. Like things that woke me up. It made out different. Was one first thing was the church. I went to a very one of them black centered churches. Not a lot of black people go to these black centered churches, and black people who don't go to black centered churches go to these like multiracial. They're like, oh, you missing on the key element of your wokeness. Like you need that, and that, that that gave you that what you need. And you're like, my next wokeness was the music I was listening to. Like Nas was hitting me up the game. Tupac was hitting me up. The game. Like like they was just they were just drop little subtle bobs in my head. I'm like, oh. Look this up. What is this about? Like, uh, who is Patrice Lumumba? Like, I gotta look this up. Holly uh, Salati, what is this? I don't know none of this. You know what I'm saying? And I gotta get woke like that. Then I'm gonna do a black college. No, I'm not saying you have to go to black college, but that. And then we, you know, and so I'm looking at the kids. I'm like, what are y'all getting this, this, this wokeness? The internet, the interwebs. But, but, you know, the internet. Dark hole. A very dark hole. You don't know, know where you're gonna go. If we if we're chronicling on what like I I I attribute everything that I know, um, uh, brother Mark, <laughs> free land, and and I'm and I'm done like like they were like stalwarts in the reparations movement, and I and I felt like I felt like uh, I try to keep like it you're there. like I didn't want to name right no I, I, I try no. to keep it like it's funny because I because like I got. 
you know, you got family that, uh, so, you know, like heavy in that cover movement, and that was very profound for me. Then it's like your mom always gave us like the historical context, right, of, of like what everything is. And then our other aunt that lives out here taught us how to move between both worlds, right, how to be radical in both worlds, and how to use like, like, like take every position and opportunity that you give to put somebody else on. And then, you know, I have like an aunt that lives in Wisconsin who hit me with the like nutritional, spiritual, discipline style for like the nation of Islam context, context. And then we had like Uncle, uh, uh, we'll call Uncle Houston, or Uncle Tupac, who's <laughs> called, like, just give us like this real. Like, that was the first conversations that I had with an older black man about growing up in that time and being an older, older black man besides, um, besides Brother Safari. And then, like, I could just go through and then, you know, our uncle from New Jersey just kind of taught us, like, how the art and the hustle and how, like, operating, like, being woke but having a hustle for, like, everything. And then, like, you have your grandfather who's, like, the overarching, yeah. like, patriarch of, of civil rights in your in your family so like i had that but i feel like this next generation gets that gets to take bits and pieces just like that but they get to pick like the best to ever do it because they yeah, have the internet well, like we said we already said the internet is is if you don't know how to navigate the internet you can uh, like i said one of my mom persons like the ignorance and knowledge is sky high. Like, I can, can you discern the fake from the real? Because nothing's filtered out. They don't, they don't, un, uh, they don't unfilter the truth and filter out. So I can go in here and I can believe something is real because it's on the internet. But you know, me and you, right. we, we look at it like, nah, let me, let me, and I still get caught up. But, on I, the feel, internet, you know but I, I feel like the kids these days are able to relate it to their personal lives and, and sort out the real from them. Like, I've done a lot of speaking to, to kids lately, um, like more than, more than like usual. And I've walked away so impressed because one, they get the stories, they, they get the information. And they understand the challenges way more than I understood the challenges at that at that time in my life. Like at that same age in my life, I still felt like if you worked hard and you shucked and jobbed hard enough and and you got quote unquote educated, that that these things don't happen to you. And LeBron James gets nigger painted on his fence. Global icon LeBron James, still a nigger course so i think that that's the that was the most but but i think our kids are seeing that and they're able to give it the proper context through the internet so i feel like that's the i think i feel like that's the difference between this society this generation and our generation like we had to have our parents and that generation before us give us the proper context to understand things and if they didn't do a good job at it we we operated in a space where you know, one of the first times I got pulled over, they were like, oh, four black people um, robbed a pig of Wiggly. We saw four black people in your car, so we just had to pull you over. Those are the exact words. Mm. 
Yeah. We're listening to the police cannon. They said the state like the suspects in a brown Cadillac. I'm driving a green Mazda protege. Mm-hmm. That's that's the welcome to my world. And and nobody put that on. Nobody put us getting a car searched, being handcuffed and on the back of the back of the car. Nobody put that on the internet. Anybody see that? But they see it now. Nigga, they see every they see every little store that someone films. And they see every big store. My my fear is that they get desensitized to to the madness. Because they see it so much. Like I don't know any group that sees it more than they see it. Because they see it on Facebook all the time. So how do you get desens- like you get desensitized to that madness? Yeah. So you try and kick try to kick something, I don't even know if I got it in me. You got you, you got a beat? Nah, I ain't, nah, I ain't kicking. You know what I was about to put on? What you about to put on? And... Uh, black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, 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 and I'm black,